0: Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. Here we go. Brand new Flyers Daily and the new month, the month of September, the return of Hockey Month in North America. Can't wait. It is Jason Martinez and brand new episode of Flyers Daily. It's going to be a mailbag episode. I've got a bunch of emails kind of in response to what we talked about on Wednesday's episode about what does progress look like. We'll get to that in a moment. First and foremost, though, uh, the Flyers did announce their their 2023-24 national broadcast schedule in conjunction with the National Hockey League. The Flyers will appear 12 times on national television. Here's the games. October 19th against the Edmonton Oilers. That's a home game at Wells Fargo Center. Then on October 24th in Vegas at T-Mobile Arena. Thursday, October 26th at home against Minnesota. November 1st against the Buffalo Sabres. November 15th on the road against Carolina. November 28th at home against Carolina. Then the Flyers February 10th back on national television against the Seattle Kraken at Wells Fargo. New Jersey in New Jersey on February 17th. The Blackhawks on February 21st in Chicago at the United Center. Connor Bedard, they're in Chicago. The New York Rangers on the 24th of February, and the Flyers will be in Pittsburgh to take on the Penguins on the 25th of February. And then their final national television game will be against the St. Louis Blues on March 4th, that one in Philadelphia. So that just comes out as we get closer and closer to training camp. We're in the month of September. Rookie games coming up uh, in just a couple of weeks at this point. And the Philadelphia Flyers' 23-24 season will be underway. Now, to recap real quick what we talked about in Wednesday's episode, about expectations, about realistic expectations heading into this season, and what the notion of progress looks like. Is progress only quantifiable in, the, in terms of a better win-loss or points-percentage record this season than it was the year prior? And I've gotten some great responses from people uh, via Twitter and via my email as well. You can always tweet me at Jason Mert. You can send me a DM there as well. You can email me at Jason.Mertitis, M-Y-R-T-E-T-U-S, at gmail.com. So let's get to our first email. And the first one actually comes from Jeff Kirsch, who I cited in Wednesday's episode, uh, talking about, is max effort enough? And Jeff emailed me once again said, loved hearing my name on the pod today this was the other day when he sent it he said thanks for the shout out and reading my email from november and for this coming year and my expectations i'm thinking about it in three different buckets the team in totality the development or growth of the core young players and finally sean couturier said on the team front i don't expect them to be a true playoff contender but the longer they can stay in the race and play meaningful games into march and hopefully even april the better it'd be nice to see them play games with playoff implications just to get a better sense of the intensity that will hopefully become the norm sooner than later. He said, I'd also like to see them get some signature wins against legit teams later in the year. Last year, it seems like they snuck up on teams a few times early in the year, and then wins against the contenders were few and far between. His second point regarding the development of younger players, he said, I'd love to see the key guys all improve year over year, including Tippett, Frost, Konechny, Faraby, Sanheim, Ristalline and, and York. In my mind, these are the core players we will hopefully be building the foundation around the key draftees joining the team in the next few years. It's a great point. And look, all of those players aren't going to be on the same arc or same rapidity, rapidness of development. You know, some of them, like you talked about, Sanheim, he needs to have a bounce back here. Uh, Joel Farabee needs to have a bounce back year without having, you know, coming off the surgery and having the ability to prepare for this entire season. Tippett and Frost and Travis connecting, frankly, was sensational last year. Love to see him do exactly that, if not more this year. Ristolainen had his best year as a National Hockey League defenseman. And Cam York really came on. So, you know, all those players are in slightly different situations, but I'm in agreement with your point in totality and then he said finally Couturier he said while he in theory doesn't fit the timeline of the rebuild based on his age his contract and injury comeback basically dictate that he's on the team for at least the next one to two years given how good he was before the injury and his leadership qualities ideally he can take over the captaincy and ultimately still be a contributor when the team becomes a contender his role may diminish and that would be okay assuming some of the young guns supersede him skill-wise while still looking up to him as a team leader. It would be awesome if he could play his entire career here and perhaps even go out on top. Yeah, see, the thing about Sean Couturier, there's so many unknowns coming off this injury, hasn't played in so long. I think we have to be patient when he comes back and not make sweeping judgments based on the first two or three weeks of the season about the way he may be performing. It's going to take a little time for him and his game to round back into form. And Coots is a guy that was... Never a blinding skater. He's not a guy that has relied on just this elite physical athletic skills of being this blinding skater and super skilled puck handler. He's a very cerebral player. And those players, I think, can adapt their game better than guys that are just freak athletes. Because those guys, the freak athletes, they can't tell you why they do what they do. They're just freaks. They're super fast, super skilled, and it kind of is what it is. And if those skills or talents diminish or injuries cause them to fall off, those guys don't have the kind of the mentality sometimes to be able to make up for it. Players that are very cerebral, like Sean Couturier, can. So hopefully that's a good thing. We'll see how that plays out. Great email once again uh, from Jeff Kirsch. Our next one comes from Eric Urban. He says, hey, Jason, thanks for an awesome podcast. Thank you for saying that, Eric. He said, where would you put Morgan Frost's trade value after last season? 19 goals, 17 assists. Not as spectacular, but the number of goals he scored can't really be ignored. Do the Flyers prefer cap hit or years signed in his case? And he's still got a lot to prove, but he's showed some promise. Tough one. Um, When it comes to Morgan Frost, of course, he's not signed right now. He's restricted. And, you know, you don't want to sign him to a three-year contract that walks him right up to unrestricted free agency because there's there's some peril in that. I think a, a, a one- or two-year deal makes the most sense here. As far as the number, I, you know, I don't think it's a huge number. I think it's very similar to Owen Tippett's contract. So the numbers are good, the 19 goals, 17 assists. A lot of that came in the final 58 games of the season where he led the Flyers in scoring. A big, that, that's why I think for the player and the team, it's best to do a one- or two-year deal. I think the player should bet on himself here and try and get a bigger payday on a short-term deal. And I think the team should reserve the right to see if that can be repeated and grown upon, those numbers, in a full 82-game season. So that's kind of where I stand on Morgan Frost. Super talented, uh, and I think that he needs to get signed and get into camp and so he can have a real good season after the final fifty-eight games of last year, where he really started to, we started to see those offensive skills and the creativity of his game. Uh, Eric also said, "Oh, and Tippett's next contract could be really expensive if he keeps up his play from last season. Any chance the Flyers will sign him long-term during this upcoming season and try to get some sort of good deal?" Love the guy. Once again, thanks for the amazing podcast, Eric in Sweden. They could. I that that's one of the questions going into this season. I don't know. The exact philosophy of Danny Breguer and Keith Jones and, you know, the hockey operations staff. Do they want to wait all the way through his contract? And if the player just continues to play great, you go, okay, we're going to have to pay you more. But look, we're hap- when players play really well, we're happy to pay, pay them more because they're playing well. Or do you try and get ahead of it, you know, because you know the player and you feel like you know what he's going to be and maybe get a little bit of a discount? We don't know. I don't know how they will kind of handle that. The Sam Harrison contract that they signed this offseason a year early I thought was interesting. Maybe that tips the hand a little bit that they may be a team that when they feel like they know what a player is, they may act early. So we'll see how that plays out. But the Sam Harrison one kind of tips me in that direction, Eric, that they may sign him before his deal is coming up if, if he gets off to a good start, he can get extended. All right, let's go to our next emailer, and this is uh, Joseph DeAngelis. He's a frequent listener, and Joseph says the following great question and topic. Glad you asked it because I've put a lot of thought into this question. says, for me as a fan, I can get up for every season under two scenarios. The first, that the team's a legit cup contender, and the expectation is that they're going to be a playoff team that makes a a deep playoff run. He said the second is a team in rebuilding. And there are a lot of young and exciting players that I want to see develop. He said, it's this second scenario that has me pumped for this upcoming season. He said, you're right. Success is not about the number of wins and points. It must be about taking the next step in development of our younger players and culture around them. And he said, to this end, here's my list of things that must happen for me as a fan to say this coming year has been a successful season. Number one. The foundation built last season must stay strong. The team has to maintain a good attitude, be hard to play against, give maximum effort, and be in 90 to 95% of the games they play. Love point number one. Totally agree, Joseph. Point number two, he said, Torts has to coach the way he talks. He talked last past season uh, about building from the footings and needing to get younger on D. Thus, Torts, from the start of the season, cannot overuse veteran players like Stahl, Walker, DeLaurier, and Hathaway. He also needs to ease Katuri and Atkinson into the lineup. It has to be about giving the younger players the important minutes and continuing their development, not about winning games. I want to see Andre, Zamula, Brink, Denoye, Forster, and Cates getting the minutes. First of all, I don't think all of those guys that, that Joseph just listed are all going to make the team out of camp. I think we may see all of those guys through this season. Um, look, you're not going to put Elliot Tenoye in a position to be playing 22 minutes a night. That's not the role he's going to play in the NHL. You're not going to put Zamula in a position to play 22 minutes a night right now. But to your point, putting players in key situations, I think we saw that a lot in the second half last year. We saw guys like Kevin Hayes and James Van Riemsdyk coming off the power play and younger players going on it so you could find out what they are. So that is a good point by Joseph. Number three, he said, speaking about winning games, he says that's the last thing that needs to happen right now. He said, I'm not saying to tank by any means. But clearly the team has to target picking in the top five for this coming draft. The Flyers need that stud defenseman, and this draft has four to five potential candidates that will be picked in the top ten based on current projections. Things can change, of course. And then he said the Flyers must have the pick of the litter to move this rebuild forward, picking seventh or worse would be a huge blunder at this stage of the rebuild. And then he said four. All right, number four. Finally, I would like to see some good trades at the deadline this year to keep accumulating draft capital and younger players. The more picks and prospects the Flyers have, the better odds they have of hitting on players. Stall Walker, Sealer should be givens at the trade deadline. They won't generate much of a return. And the Flyers should thus consider parting with Scott Lawton and Travis connecty because they should generate a far greater return and, again, help move this team and rebuild forward. Thanks for all you do. Best, Joe. Um, I, I think that if the team is out of it, Danny Briere will be a guy that is looking to accumulate assets. And I don't think that he will fail in that mission. Let's get to one more email in our mailbag edition here. This one comes from Chance Curran. Chance is from Alaska. Chance says, hey, Jason, a longtime listener from Alaska. Love the show. He said, I got a goalie question for you. I see that in the email, and immediately I get excited. So he says this. So when I was watching games last year, I noticed the elite goaltenders are very good at playing the puck behind the net and getting it out of their zone, preventing the four check. He said, I noticed that Carter Hart doesn't do this well, and I've seen some points in games if he had stopped the puck behind the net and made a good outlet pass, it would have relieved the pressure off the defense and maybe went the other way for a scoring chance. He said, this is not a dog on heart. I love the player and would love to see him go far on this team. But the question is, do you think this is something he can fix in his game? Or am I just crazy and making a big deal out of nothing? Would love to get your thoughts. Go Flyers. He said, P.S. We don't live in igloos. we ride polar bears to work. Thanks for all you do and keep up the good work. Sincerely, Chance from Alaska. I didn't think that you lived in an igloo, Chance. All right. So the question of playing the puck. I think it's something that Carter has improved on. I thought he was much better last year at playing the puck than he was the year prior. And I know that Kim Dillaball the Flyers goaltending coach, um, does work with the goaltenders quite a bit on puck handling and, and you know, being able to play the puck and, and relieve that pressure from your D. I am a big believer that a goaltender that can handle the puck and stop those rims on a dump in and make that six- or eight-foot pass to appealing defenseman, or a quick up, I, I think that's a huge asset. Because I think it does a couple things. I think it saves your defenseman from having to go in with their back to the, the, the forecheck on occasion, and it can be just a faster way to get out of the zone. Now, earlier in the email he said, one thing I noticed that elite goaltenders are very good at. I don't necessarily agree with that. I don't think playing the puck is any kind of, correlation to being able to stop the puck. I think there's some goalies in the league, like Mike Smith, was a great puck handling goaltender. I didn't think he was a great goaltender. There are some guys that are really good at that, but aren't necessarily really good goaltenders. There are some guys that are really good goaltenders that are also really good puck handlers, like Carey Price, or obviously Martin Brodeur was fantastic at it. But I do think it's, it is something that can be a learned skill, and I think the biggest element is for the goaltenders to be decisive. Things get on you, pressure gets on you really fast. The game in the NHL is so fast that you can't think. So if the goalie goes out, stops a rim, he's got to grab that puck, head up, find his defenseman, make the pass. The longer you wait with it, you're dying on the vine. So you've got to be really decisive. You've got to be on the same page with your D, and you've got to make that play very quickly and get back into your net and do your primary primary job stopping pucks. It's, it is a skill that can be taught. It is a skill that can be developed, the handling of the puck and, and those things. Um, but you've got to be decisive because if you're not, you end up shooting it into a guy's shin pads and it ends up in front of the net and they stuff it into a, a wide open net. A lot of times, goaltenders that like to handle the puck, they'll tell their D, when I get the puck, don't come to me. Because when you come to me, it, it all of a sudden throws it. I don't know what you're going to do. If you just go to a spot, peel off to down below the goal line to the corner, I'll get it to you. But just don't come right directly to me. That hap- That's something where you need to be on the same page with your defenseman so you can really accentuate the positives of being able to play the puck and being able to prevent four checks. We see it with Igor Shesterkin a lot. He plays the puck extremely well for the Rangers. And watching games against them, you know, there's points in the game where you're going, you cannot dump the puck in behind their net, where it's going to go around the boards behind the net, because he's just going to start the sh- the breakout. And sometimes he'll stretch it, too. He'll, he's so good with the way he handles the puck and the decisions and how quick he makes them. He gets it right up the ice. He'll stretch the ice to the far blue line. And that, is, that, that changes the way a team attacks them because he's so good at it. All right, great emails. Thanks to everybody for emailing. Thanks to everybody for listening. We are in the month of September. We'll be back Monday. Bill Meltzer will join us, and we're going to talk about our underrated flyers of all time. We're going to kind of put together, Bill's going to put together his lineup of underrated Flyers. I'm going to put together my lineup of underrated Flyers, and we'll talk about that as we get closer to training camp and closer to another season. So everybody, have a great Labor Day weekend, and we'll talk to you Monday on a brand new edition of Flyers Table.